Welcome, friends. James Corbett here, CorbettReport.com, with this week's edition of Propaganda Watch. And you'll recall from last week's edition of this series that CorbettReport.com video editor Brock West and myself were puzzling over Harrison Ford appearing in an Alexa commercial for Amazon at the Super Bowl. And why would this actor bother to do this? Does he really need the money? What? It's not like he's a globalist chill. Why is he do? Oh, wait. <laughs> Maybe he is. A globalist chill. That's right. Han Solo is now making appearances at the World Government Summit. All of us, whether rich or poor, powerful or powerless, will suffer the effects of climate change and ecosystem destruction. We are faced with I believe is the greatest moral crisis of our time. Wait, what? <laughs> well, if that psychedelic hodgepodge of soundbite insanity wasn't quite enough for you to grasp the proper context of what was being said there, or if you just want to hear Harrison Ford's strangely undisinterested yet overly emotional delivery of climate scaremongering, then don't worry, you're not alone. You might need a little bit of help with that. So I will throw in a link to an article from The National, which is a UAE publication, uh, talking about Harrison Ford and his speech to the World Government Summit, which raises a couple of questions, one of which is, again, what on earth is Harrison Ford doing? And more importantly, who cares? But also, more to the point, World Government Summit? Yes, yes, World Government Summit. If you haven't heard about it yet, don't worry, I'm sure you will in the coming years, as this summit, which I have heard about in previous years, but is clearly becoming more of a, uh, at least a media hype sensation, um, is is gradually becoming more well-known to the public through, of course, the celebrity appearances of Harrison Ford and others. But in order to get a grasp on this, let's go to worldgovernmentsummit.org, the handy-dandy website of this conference, which uh, details that this was a conference taking place from the 10th to the 12th of February 2019 in the United Arab uh, Emirates in Dubai, specifically. And if you go to the organization about page, you can read that the World Government Summit is a global platform dedicated to shaping the future of governments worldwide. Each year, the summit sets the agenda for the next generation of governments, focusing on how they can harness innovation and technology to solve universal challenges facing humanity. World Government Summit is a neutral, non-profit organization at the intersection of government and innovation. It functions as a knowledge exchange platform for leaders in the public and blah, 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 4,000 globalists, blah, 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 150 countries, yada, yada. Um, I think you get the idea, but uh, if you do need more information, please do go to the website and they have the agenda and the speakers and the different highlights and etc, etc. And you can go to the ThemTube page, which is currently in the process of putting up the larger um, speeches and uh, ceremonies and what have you taking place at the conference this year. As I was preparing for this report, all they had up was the 50-second sound bites. So I haven't gone through any of these larger videos yet. Um, that is a task which I will humbly suggest uh, some of the Corbett reporters out there, if you are interested in stomaching the propaganda, taking one for the team, as it were, and going through some of these larger videos to pick up any gems from the technocratic would-be overlords and what they have in store for 
the future of humanity, please do go through and uh, and and note them down and leave those notes in the comment section of CorbettReport.com on this video where we uh, can start an open source investigation of sorts to see if there's anything really worth um, worth noting here, and I will just note parenthetically that I, in preparation for this report, uh, about 24 hours ago, I clicked on the live stream of the event, which was still taking place at that time, and as I wish I'd been recording, as soon as I clicked on the live stream, the first thing that I heard was, and the award for gamification app of the year goes to the Kermala Police for this game gamified app where you can help catch criminals and earn points or whatever it was, which touched on so many different agenda points, which we We've talked about here on the Corbett Report over the years that I thought it was humorous and presented in the same kind of announcer voice that I used for the uh, Real Fake News Awards, which was particularly funny to me. I just see that now that they do have that posted up on the ThemTube page, so you can go and live, relive all that excitement for yourself at your heart's content. Um, but yes, the World Government Summit does exist, and as you might expect, it is a talking shop for globalists and technocrats of various stripes to come together and plan how best to control society through technology. Um, that's their angle. It's specifically about technological innov innovations in government so that they can help governments around the world and world government, question mark, come to being and come to fruition and realize the Hegelian utopia of uh, subsuming our individuality in the state and realizing our highest function or whatever philosophical nonsense mumbo-jumbo these people believe. But that's actually the point that I want to discuss in this edition of Propaganda Watch, because you might be confused. Oh, World Government Summit? Wait, wasn't there just a World Economic Forum in Davos? And why are there all these different summits and things going on? Uh, well, I, I think it is important to delve into this proliferation of these types of talking shops and and noting the fact that there is, to a certain extent, there is competition going on here for who can have the best globalist talking shop. And it's no surprise that this particular talking shop about techno basically technocratic control over populations is taking place in Dubai and the United Arab Emirates, which is part of the Gulf monarchies, which are trying to position themselves in the post-oil economy of the future and put themselves at the forefront of the technocratic wave which is coming. None of which will be surprising, in fact, has been talked about at length in uh, my work like Why Big Oil Conquered the World and its follow-up Data is the uh, New Oil, where I talked specifically about this. This is why Saudi Arabia is uh, trying to engineer Neom and they're uh, making Sophia the robot, the first you know robot citizen of Saudi Arabia and blah, 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 and why Dubai is hosting World Government Summit. Um, Parenthetically, you might remember that a decade or so ago, Halliburton moved corporate headquarters to UAE, and Dick Cheney and other high-ranking executives were uh, acquiring residences in Dubai, which bills itself as a global city, but of course we know that means globalist city. And uh, so this has been part of a strategy that they've been pumping for at least a decade at this point, probably more, to try to position themselves, as I say, at the forefront of the cutting edge, using their oil money and wealth and power and leveraging that influence into the next wave, which is going to be, as I say, data is the new oil. But there is a, an extent to which there, 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 are, there is competition amongst the clique, which, broadly speaking, shares an ideology of globalism, but there are different factions, and they have little power plays, and, oh, our, our talking shop, our summit's going to be more important than yours. Uh, Davos is so, is so early 21st century. World Government Summit is going to be the future of the 21st century, etc., etc., which I think 
speaks to an important point of the way the power structure operates um, that is at the same time less sexy than the sort of cartoonish conspiracy idea that uh, that is sort of understood or floated out there versus the way power really operates. And of course, the cartoonish version is, you know, 12 men gather around a table and make the decisions for what's going to happen in the world. And and then there are lackeys who have signed some sort of blood oath to be members in some sacrifice ritual will then dutifully do whatever they say. And that's how everything in the world happens versus the reality. These are criminal mafia um, organizations that are obviously all going for the same goal of global government of some sort, but they all want to be the head of that global government, so they're competing with each other in that sense. And and competing with each other, I think, most fundamentally in the playground of ideas and ideologies. Who can shape that conversation so that the ideology, the thing that people are striving for, no matter their allegiances or groups or whether they belong to this forum or that summit or this organization or this membership, whether they're Bilderberg or Trilateral or CFR or RIIA or World Government Summit attendees or World Economic Forum attendees or central bankers or all of the above simultaneously, which is also possible, if they are guided by a certain ideology, if they have certain ideas that they get from certain places, that can shape the direction that this coming push for the grand centralization of everything will go in. And this is an important point. It's it's a point that maybe I'm not articulating very clearly, so I will leave that to uh, Carol Quigley at the Anglo-American Establishment, which, of course, I've referred to multiple times as one of the sources that I think, again, if you want to know the the, the real details of the story of Lord Milner and, and Milner's kindergarten and the Cecil block and how all of that helped to shape and, and steer the British Empire slash what was becoming the British Commonwealth into World War I and much else to do with the beginning of the 20th century, um, then you have to read this book to really understand the detail involved here and the very many, many characters that were involved in this, all, all swimming around in that milieu where... There weren't necessarily membership rosters for everything, but there were certain people who were clearly part of this clique or part of that clique or willing to work with this this or that clique. So uh, I'm rereading the Anglo-American establishment in preparation for a another project I'm working on, we'll say. And, uh, and something really stood out to me this time about the Round Table, which um, you may or may not know, the Round Table movement was... Formally established, I believe, in 1909 by Lionel Curtis, but clearly working on Milner's vision, Lord Milner. Again, a name that should resonate with people who are familiar with my work on World War I. And uh, Lord Milner's kindergarten, essentially the graduates of Lord Milner's kindergarten, came together to form the Round Table Groups, which was not a movement and an organization, and also a journal that was published by this group. And it had considerable influence on the British Empire developing into the British Commonwealth of Nations in the early 20th century. In fact, even the formation of the Commonwealth was largely the work of people that were involved in the Round Table. Um, but Carol Quigley makes an important point. The Round Table was essentially the propaganda vehicle of a handful of people and could not have carried signed articles either originally when they were too few or later when they were too famous. It was never intended to be either a popular magazine or self-supporting, but rather was aimed at influencing those in a position to influence public opinion. As Curtis wrote in 1920, a large quarterly like the Roundtable is not intended so much for the average reader as for those who write for the average reader. It is meant to be a storehouse of information of all kinds upon which publicists can draw. 
its articles must be taken on their merits and as representing nothing beyond the minds and information of the individual writer of each. Okay, this is an important point. This is something that we really have to understand about the influence of propaganda, that there are different layers of propaganda. There is the propaganda for the masses, but then there is the propaganda for the people who are making the propaganda for the masses. This is the principle upon which, of course, the CIA obviously based their their influence operations in the media, which are commonly referred to as Operation Mockingbird, although that's a misnomer. But anyway, you get the idea. When I say Mockingbird, you know what I mean. The idea that we don't have to control everyone in the media. We have to control the important people who set the agenda for those in the media, the people who are influencing those in the media. In the same sense, in, in a more, I suppose, closer to the roots, the Roundtable recognized that Having the ability to set ideas and agendas and, and talking points for people in positions of power is, in fact, even more fundamental than just controlling the, the hoi polloi. You are controlling the people on the, with their, their hands on the levers of power. It doesn't even matter if they are part of your group or clique or membership per se. As long as they're listening to you and taking your ideas on board, you can steer things in very, in very concerted directions. That's the way in which we have to approach things like the World Government Summit, like the World Economic Forum, at a more profound level, like Bilderberg. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean that these people are simply setting an agenda and, and everyone dutifully follows it. It's that these are places where those ideas are propagated. And it's also why uh, international affairs or foreign affairs or these different publications of the RIA or the CFR or these types of groups is important, not because it isn't intended for the average reader. It is not. It is intended for people in positions of power to enact certain agendas. And that's precisely why listening to the enemy, as I've called it in previous editions of this podcast, is important. We have to know what it is they're trying to steer the uh, important decision makers into, which is clearly not something that the average person or most people out there are going to be dutifully looking into or spending their time on. But that's precisely why I hope there are corporate reporters in the crowd who will take the time to go through this World Government Summit propaganda and at least summarize some of the key talking points, because I guarantee you that some of the things they're talking about today will be the sad reality of the future, not in the you know fancy utopian vision that they're laying out, of course, more in the dystopian nightmare that we know we're stumbling into. So that's the point I wanted to make today about what these organizations, the World Government Summit, World Economic Forum, and others are. They are talking sh shops for the technocrats to talk to each other, essentially, and uh, to try to influence things along a certain direction and towards certain goals. In order to understand what that uh, that is, you have to do things like reading the Roundtable Journal if you were in early 20th century, or watching World Government Summit videos. Again, we have to parse and go through the internal propaganda or the propaganda for the propagandists to understand at a more fundamental level where things are going. It's one thing to examine the bottom layer of propaganda, which is intended for the masses. It's another thing altogether to examine the upper layer of propaganda that's intended for the propagandists. And perhaps you get a little bit closer to what the actual vision is by doing that. I hope I've made some important points today. At any rate, I've given you some resources uh, to look at with regards to this, and they will, of course, all be linked in the show notes for this edition of Propaganda Watch at CorbettReport.com. I am James Corbett, thanking you for joining me, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again real soon. Available now from CorbettReport.com. Oil. 
The 19th century was transformed by it. The 20th century was shaped by it. And the 21st century is moving beyond it. But who gave birth to the oil industry? And what are they planning to do with that power in a post-carbon world? How and why Big Oil Conquered the World. Watch the documentary for free or purchase a DVD copy at corporatereport.com slash bigoil. Oil.